Hi, and welcome to Soul Powerful Parables, stories of rhyme, reason, and God's truth. I'm your host, Dana Buck. Thanks for listening. And if you like the story, please consider subscribing and give us a five-star rating where you enjoy your podcasts. It really helps us. We'd also love to hear from you, so contact us on Facebook at Soul Powerful Parables. Now, settle in, and let's have a story. Jabari, a so powerful parable by Dana Buck. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 16, verse 18. A truly wise man never walks the grass alone. This African parable is about the pitfalls of pride and the power of friendship. Jabari. A So Powerful Parable by Dana Buck Beneath the brilliant sunlight, a savanna rich and vast stretches out before us as a carpet made of grass. Animals in endless numbers move and lie and graze, blanketing this canvas in the greatest of displays. Reaching fully westward, then reducing by degrees, this grassland finds its border at a solid line of trees. It's here within this forest, in the land of the safari, we'll meet the boy we'll follow, who his father named Jabari. His age, eleven summers, and his clan, the crocodile. He's known throughout the village for his helpfulness and smile. Today, he's fairly bursting as he sings a lively song for the men are going hunting and this time he goes along. He'd asked and asked his father for the best part of a year, always to be told, Not now, just wait, the time is near. Last evening, just at mealtime, as his mother filled the bowls, his father motioned to him while he sat and stirred the coals. Jabari, every season has a challenge to confront. We call this time approaching us the season of the hunt. The journey is exceptional. The task could not be greater. An ancient rite of testing authored by the great creator. For though there is abundance with the game as ripe as birds, we are not the only hunters who will be following the herds. The lion also stalks, as do the cheetah and the leopard. The grazers have a host of very hungry, deadly shepherds. His father's voice then lowered, and his gaze became intense. Jabari felt a tingle of great tension and suspense. There is another follower who crouches in the grass, patiently observing all who gather there and pass. Traveling solitary, no companions does he keep. They say he's always watching, never slumbers, never sleeps. Teeth as sharp as daggers, shoulders powerful and brawny. This is the great hyena that our fathers called Shaitani. 
A random wind then swayed the house. It caught and fanned the flame. Jabari felt a shudder at the mention of the name. Many are the midnight tales surrounding this hyena, old as are the primal rocks with crumbling gray patina. Some would have you wonder if this enemy persists. Beyond a myth or legend, is he real? Does he exist? I cannot say for certain, that's not positively known. But no right-minded man should ever walk the grass alone. His eyes moved from Jabari to the warm and crackling fire, prompting now the boy to find his voice and to inquire. Does this mean I'm going on this epic hunting quest? His father, without looking up, just simply answered, Yes. Next morning, he awakens, eats a hurried, simple meal, then rushes where the other boys are waiting in a field. The talk is animated. You might think them crazed or mad. Their fathers all had words with them, just like Jabari's had. I'm going to catch a hippo. Just lasso him with the loop. Shouted out to Tani, who's the joker of the group. Another boy, Tatenda, whistled three derisive notes. Utani, you can barely tie and milk your mama's goats. This brought a burst of laughter and the sound of clapping hands from the other two young fellows making up this little band. Imara, tall and slender, leaning lightly on his spear. And Akachi, who is <laughs> kneeling, crying quite hysteric tears. Akachi isn't human, cried Utani to the boys. Why even sick hyenas make a less offensive noise? The mention of hyenas made Jabari's laughter still, and he queried his companions with a barely stifled chill. When your fathers met you, when they spoke to you last night, did they comment on Shatani or his narrative recite? The boys exchanged disturbing looks, all stand with beating hearts, it was clear they'd all been told just what that tale imparts. My grandpa told me of him, said Imara. I was small. I still remember what he said. I still can hear it all. If your children misbehave, if your good man has quit you, then you'd better run and hide. Shatani, he will get you. Collective shivers run down spines. Tatenda finds his words. We've got to stick together when we track and stalk the herds. Let's seal it, cried Jabari, and he spit upon his hand. The other boys all spit as well and follow his command. Grasping wet extended palms, they vow and make a pact, always to defend a friend and have each other's back. You better get a packing, said Akachi. Heaven knows. No telling how much food we'll need or arrows for our bows. As each young hunter hurries home, they hear Utani call. Remember, all the hippos, they are mine. I get them all. Jabari's many chores consume a great part of the day. He must be sure his mother is supplied while they're away. 
Once he knows the house and yard are good from back to front, he turns to all the items he will carry on the hunt. His spear is finely sharpened and his bow is freshly strung. He's also added arrows to his quiver where it hung. He'd nearly finished packing, made each key decisive choice, when just outside the house, he hears his father's calling voice. Jabari sees his father. He's sitting on a stool, and in his hand is something that looks like a polished jewel. Jabari, there's something that I have to give to you. It's ancient, from an epoch, when the world was young and new. Many men have worn it, seasoned hunters from our clan. Jabari strained to see what he had resting in his hand. Reaching for Jabari now, his father speaks his name, then hangs the thing upon him by a crudely fashioned chain. A stone as black as midnight, yet as shiny as the dew. Though father said that it was old, it looked and felt like new. May you wait to remember all the men who have gone before. A reminder to bring dignity and honor to our door. Mostly, may it serve to be a sign and demonstrator to the ever-faithful guiding presence of the great creator. Jabari felt the awesome weight, the force of what he wore, determined to be worthy and uphold his family's lore. His father said with glistening eyes, It's time that we begin. Gather your supplies and let's go meet the other men. The women all are singing as the children clap and play. Our boys feel the excitement of this quite momentous day. Standing with their fathers, holding arrows, bow and spear, they cling to youthful bravado, which masks their nervous fear. And with a final joyous cry, the men turn toward the sun, setting off together in a steady, lopping run. Jabari soon adjusts his gait to travel with his friends, glad to be in step with those on whom he can depend. Tatenda, running strong and proud, Akachi at his side. Imara and Utani match each other stride for stride. And after it had seemed that they had covered half the earth, they gasped atop a final hill at what the landscape birthed. The herd stretched out before them in a vision without end. Then an elder called for quiet and addressed the gathered men. We have reached the sacred hilltop, and the gift is on display. The great greatest bounty offered here to us this day. Move with speed and purpose. Do it for your family's sake, and remember to be thankful for each animal you take. Jabari grasps the moment, feels the power like a shove. When the elder shouts out mightily, Let's feed the ones we love. Running down the sloping hill, then veering left and right, the hunters picked their targets with their bowstrings drawn and tight. All five boys descend as one, advance with all they've got, 
Tatenda is the first to score a skillful leading shot. An arrow from Imara whistles swiftly through the air and finds its running target, piercing muscle, bone and hair. Utani and Akachi, like primeval William Tells, each lose a deadly arrow and bring down two fleet gazelles. Jabari sights his quarry, aims intently for the kill. A muscular impala will soon feel his strength and skill. He takes a breath and fires, but his hunting luck reneges when the creature leaps, the arrow passes right between its legs. A second shot would surely this unhappy moment change, but there simply isn't time. The beast is scurried out of range. Jabari stands unblinking, walks to stem frustrated tears as triumphant shouts and cries of celebration fill his ears. Walking back atop the hill to camp amongst the boulders, many hunters carry trophies draped upon their shoulders. His friends run to their fathers, all quite passionate and proud. Jabari wears a sullen look of failure like a shroud. Jabari, come, his father says. Now sit and hear my words. Hunters know both highs and lows when following the herds. The journey into manhood doesn't promise just success. The secret is to press on when the fruit is something less. The sun will rise tomorrow. Every trial has its end. Now go help with the skinning and be happy for your friends. Jabari tried his best to keep an upright attitude. Be glad for his companions who'd brought down what they'd pursued. But when Utani teased him, said his arrows must be bent. His pride welled up inside him and his graciousness was spent. No matter what it costs, he vowed, I'll merit their respect. I'll not return again without a kill around my neck. Next morning, just at sunrise, all the hunters grabbed their gear. The elders beckoned to them motioning to gather near. This is our final day of launching arrow, spear, and axe. I'm gladdened by the bounty on the loaded drying racks. Let's take no foolish chances. See, this hunting trip is crowned by all of us returning to our village safe and sound. All agreed and nodded, all that is, except for one. Jabari's face was set as he prepared himself to run. This time, no cautious measures, for his strategy was clear. He'd choose one victim, run it down, and kill it with his spear. The elder started singing. All the hunters caught the song, and with a shout and sudden dash, the hunt was well along. Renting like a cheater puts Jabari in good stead. He'd run past all the others and is soon quite far ahead. Tatenda calls his name, but there's no stopping this foray. Jabari now is focused. He has locked in on his prey. A slightly wounded antelope is slow and falls behind. 
Jabari now is gaining with just one thing on his mind. Stubborn is the animal, submission it disdains. It runs into a wadi, formed and carved by winter rains. With no pause or hesitation, driven hard by wounded pride, Jabari finds the opening and also runs inside. The ground is loose and sandy, while the walls are steep and high. The wadi twists and turns, but offers up no place to hide. And when he thinks his stamina has finally reached its end, the wadi stops abruptly, just around a final bend. The antelope lies cowering, exhausted in the sand, reconciled to dying at the hunter's savage hand. Jabari raises up his spear, then suddenly is checked by a stark, profound awareness of the stone around his neck. Voices seem to whisper, then one speaks above them all. Jabari feels instinctively the great creator's call. To kill for food and family, yes, for sinew, horn, and hide. But for your foolish vanity, your ego, selfish pride? A man is made of many things as life reveals its clues. Be it poisonous or noble, that each man is free to choose. The very air seemed petrified. All time had lost its place. Jabari's hand went to the stone. A smile came to his face. The spear he held in readiness that lay within his grasp. With shaking head, he laughed aloud and lowered it at last. Looking to the antelope, so rigid in its fright, he said, Please have no fear, my friend. Today, I choose the light. Saying this, he turned to go, then felt his courage free. For there, in sheer malevolence, Shetani blocked the way. Slowly did the great hyena come just like a storm. Its yellow eyes were fixed upon Jabari's trembling form. Rows of teeth which took apart gazelle, kudu, giraffe, were on display as the hyena yipped his scornful laugh. Jabari clutched the shining stone and said these words aloud, Give me strength to face my foe and make my father proud. Leveling his spear, he shouts a warning of reproach, knowing well his words can't stem this massive brute's approach. Shetani stopped his movement, tensed his ready-muscled limbs, was just about to lunge when something leapt the wadi's rim. Flying with a shout and landing firmly in the sand, Tatenda flanked Jabari's side, his knife and spear in hand. Shetani loosed a threatening growl and raised his startled head as three more figures filled the air, then to their comrades sped. Akache and Imara fastened arrows to their bows while Utani's sharp machete waits to deal destructive blows. The boys tread grim expressions, then Utani breaks the spell. Jabari, you are selfish. We all need a tale to tell. 
There, in the face of danger, not delivered, not by half, the boys defy Shetani, and they all begin to laugh. The great hyena hesitates. He holds his killing drive. A single hunter's one thing, it's another facing five. Yipping his frustration, this enormous hellish spawn gives the boys an evil glare. And just like that, he's gone. The friends exit the wadi, then all pause to catch their breath, still thinking through and pondering their dicey brush with death. One thing is cemented, is established and well known, that no right-minded man should ever walk the grass alone. Jabari knows the value, knows it well beyond most men, the treasure of companionship, the sacred gift of friends, and pride so sly and tricky must be understood and checked as heavy as the antelope that's draped around his neck. He looks into each face and says, Please, wait a moment more. Then walks a dozen steps or so beyond the other four, touching now the hanging stone of black and glistening glass. He lifts the little antelope and sets it on the grass. The creature finally finds its legs and runs onto the plain. Jabari smiles and ambles back to where his friends remain. As usual, Utani is the first of them to speak. That's quite a hunting method. We will starve within a week. <laughs> as laughter fills the rising wind, Jabari shrugged and cried. Well, let's go find a hippo and you can give us all a ride. The Tale of Jabari is a story of pride and redemption. How many times do we find ourselves in an uncomfortable and even dangerous place due to our pride? The Book of Proverbs, also known as the Book of Common Wisdom, is filled with admonishments regarding its danger. When we act out of pride, we put ourselves first, the very place that should be occupied by God. Is it any wonder that allowing pride to dictate our actions is a recipe for disaster? Like Shatani in our story, our adversary, the devil, just waits for us to strike out on our own, leaving the safety of fellowship and accountability. When we try to go it alone in a hostile world, we are no safer than a boy walking a grassy savanna full of dangerous creatures. Hebrews 10, Verse 24 tells us this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. We all need the support of friends and a community of faith to help keep us heading in the right direction and to have our back when times get tough. Remember, no right-minded man or woman should ever walk the grass alone. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Jabari was written by Dana Buck and was narrated by Ruth Mowasi. Additional voices provided by Vincent, Kevin, 
Alphonse, Alvin, and Alan Oywak, and also Ismail Ismailov and Simon and Bill Nicali. Devotional thoughts were narrated by Kim Pratt, and this episode was produced by Beneath Blue Skies Productions. So Powerful Parables is a ministry of So Powerful, a nonprofit organization dedicated to empowering women and girls and combating extreme poverty in the African country of Zambia. To find out more, visit our website at sopowerful.org. Also, check out our books, So Powerful Parables and We Are So Powerful, both available on Amazon. All proceeds from the sale of these books go to support the work of our ministry. And finally, check out our other podcast, The So Powerful Podcast, featuring interviews with those who have been touched by this special organization. Until next time, may your life always be filled with beautiful rhymes. <laughs>